0: Welcome back to the Learning to Thrive podcast. Today, we get to jump into a brand new environment. This is the environment of explore the life God has for you. This is where we really dive into what it means for us to live out the life that God has put in front of us. Today, we're going to start into a faith skill, which might be something that we are very familiar with. It's one of kind of the, the common spiritual disciplines is Bible reading. We've placed this uh, practice of Bible reading under the faith skill of belief, because it's really about where do we gain our source of belief? This Christian life that we're walking through, the story that God uh, has given us, how do we come to grips with that? What has God done in this world? And when we think of the Bible and our reading of the Bible, oftentimes we think of, uh, of some of these stories that are just amazing stories of God's provision of people long ago. And we don't always think of, of understanding how does that long ago story come to play in my life here today. But sometimes we go the other direction. We Uh instead think, no, this is only about me. This is my story, right. and it has nothing to do with long ago. So today we want to see how we can strike that appropriate balance and understand the story of Scripture as a story that is about God and about how God has related with humanity, this this creation that he is so proud of and so uh, invested in. So with that, so Pastor Ryan, will you help us understand, and maybe we can just start with this question of what is the Bible? Yeah,
1: what is the Bible? The definition that we're using for Bible reading um, or for the faith skill, particularly of believe, uh, is learning about God's character and his plan for redemption okay. through the biblical story. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to discover as we jump into the bible that it's a story and it's a story about something it's a story about God's interaction with his people and so when it comes to the question what is the bible first and foremost above everything else the bible is going to be God's way of telling us
0: about himself So it's not just my manual of should I tweet this or should I not tweet this thought? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: If you're looking at the Bible as just an ethical guidebook, uh, you'll find some passages that seem to give you some helpful Mm -hmm. hints there and then a whole bunch of the Bible that will be completely irrelevant to you. (laughs) Um, If you're looking at the Bible just as a story, Mm -hmm. um, same thing. There are going to be elements of the story and plot points and everything that they're going to wrap you and bring you in and and get you engrossed and excited. And then there are going to be whole sections of the Bible that you're like, I don't see how this fits in the story Mm -hmm. at all. And so again, this, this entire thing is telling us something about God. We're going to talk about that all throughout Mm -hmm. this session today, but that's what it's going to keep coming back to is what are we learning about God as we read this passage of scripture?
0: Yeah. So what I kind of hear you saying is the, the Bible is made up of all kinds of different types of literature, perhaps. There yeah. might be some types of literature that speak to a particular situation that I'm going through. While there's other scenarios, that, that might not be a, as eminently uh, relatable for the situation sure. I'm going through. Talk a little bit about how some of those different kinds of, of literature or types of writing in the Bible might help us understand what the Bible is actually trying to accomplish. Yeah, one of the first things they'll teach
1: you in any Bible study class in college or seminary is this idea that the Bible was not written to you, hmm. but it was written for you. Hmm. And there's a subtle but significant yeah. difference there. There's an actual audience to this thing. There are hmm. actual people in, in a real-life context who actually walk this earth who are the intended audience, mm-hmm. the original intended
0: audience for this thing. And is that 2020 Colorado Springs? Or? That is that is not 2020 AD. Okay. It, it
1: might be 2020 <laughs> in the other direction, mm, uh-huh. right? Um, <laughs> these are people who walked there thousands of years ago, but they had families, they had relationships, they had goals and aspirations and feelings mm-hmm. and, and fears right. and all the same kinds of human emotions that we have today but their situation was very different. Now, just because the Bible was written to them doesn't mean it has nothing for me either. It was written for me. I am designed to get something out of God's word Mm -hmm. whenever I read it, whatever passage I'm reading and whatever is going on in my life. So if I can keep that clear, that distinction, it wasn't written to me. I'm not the original audience. I need to learn something about who those people were and what the purpose was, what the goal the author had in writing this particular passage this particular way, mm-hmm. then I'll start to figure out how it relates to me and yeah, my situation. Yeah. Now,
0: sometimes when we think of other situations, other cultures, other time periods, whatever it may be, we might think of those people as entirely different than me. They don't have this any of the same kind of issues that they're going through. They might not have been as smart as I am they don't have the same kind of family, or they farm and I work in a business. Yeah. How can we kind of bridge some of those gaps in our understanding and the way that we use Scripture in our daily lives?
1: Yeah, so again, when you understand the purpose of that the author had. So every author, uh, and this is one of the miracles of Scripture, is mm-hmm. that it is Spirit-inspired. The Holy Spirit breathed these words, but he used human authors and allowed them to, to write in their kind of style, in mm-hmm. their kind of way. You know, Paul writes differently than Luke and differently yeah. than Peter, and that's different than the whole Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? So allowing the, the human authors to be human and to have different purposes, to have different genres, to have different intents with the way that they have written. When we come to understand that mm-hmm. and we read the wisdom literature of the Old Testament differently than we do you know, the historical account of Luke yeah. and Acts, um, we allow the Bible to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. When we come to understand what it was trying to say to them then and there, then the application to us here now is going to become a whole lot more evident. You're right. We may not be farmers or shepherds or any of those kinds of things, but what was God trying to say to his people about himself back then? And when we figure out how that relates to them, Mm -hmm. now we can start to see how that might relate to me in my specific situation. Yeah, let's get a little bit
0: specific with that topic of the ways that they might have written uh, back then. So I'm, I'm trying to think of like some of the ways that I might write things down today mm-hmm. and the different ways that I might intend for that writing to be received by whoever is reading it. So I might write a thing like an email, mm-hmm. a tweet, sure. a love letter or a postcard or class notes or maybe even sermon notes. So those are some of the yeah. ways that I might write things down what are some of the ways that they approached the process of writing
1: yeah almost in the same way (laughs) um so the mediums have changed right you know isaiah wasn't pulling out his phone to (laughs) to tweet um and yet we see the genre of love letter Mm -hmm. that shows up in scripture Mm -hmm. um historical accounts show Mm -hmm. up in scripture narratives stories Mm -hmm. show up in scripture poetry shows up in scripture Um, scripture uses all kinds of figurative language hyperbole is in there Mm -hmm. and um, you know beautiful flowery colorful language Mm -hmm. is in there and and round numbers are in there (laughs) and exact details are in there right Mm -hmm. it's it's all in there and it it jumps back and forth and that Mm -hmm. that sometimes can be a little difficult for us because we say okay well I'll just read it straight up right there's no there's no marker or indicator yeah. that this yep. is switching. But we can start to notice, you know, the same thing that if you just pick two random books off a library shelf and started reading them, you might quickly realize one of these is, you know, Shakespeare, yeah. his poem, <laughs> poetry, and one of these is history, uh-huh. right? And so the keywords and some things like that, how, how it's written is going to help us start to find this uh, distinction. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest
0: with you, there are sometimes in my life, even when I'm reading through something in our modern language where somebody refers to something or they make an inside joke. And I'm like, that kind of went right over my head, yeah. even in a culture that I am deeply engrossed in. yeah. How do we recognize maybe some of those things in an ancient language where it's not always evident that this is maybe a joke or alluding to something else.
1: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the resources or tools that you can use to help you study. A good study Bible will help point some Mm -hmm. of those things out that aren't quite so obvious. Mm -hmm. But quite often, it's as simple as, I don't really understand what he's referring to. Mm -hmm. Like I don't understand what that allusion is to. And and they're not giving any more details. It's the same way as if, you know, here... You and I are in our 30s. If I make a reference to September 11th Mm -hmm. or to 9-11, I don't need to go into detail and explain what I mean by that Mm -hmm. or describe the event to you or anything like that. All I have to do is reference two numbers, 9-11. And and there's a whole context that you have around that. Now, if I were writing you a letter, I wouldn't... Go into detail about what 9/11 was, mm-hmm. but I would just mention it. Same thing with the biblical author authors. Mm. If they felt like their audience already understood, it was a part of their yeah. common vernacular or you know their cultural um, identity, they might just mention something and move right yeah. on. And and so we can be triggered to that by saying. why didn't they explain this? I I don't think there's a reason.
0: Uh And then we can start to to use some of our tools to help us. Yeah. It was just kind of their common language, the way that they talked and the images that they had uh, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, So I like to think of myself as a good writer. Okay. Um, However, there are times where I might be embarrassed. I think if somebody were to go in and take a particular line from an email that I have written and make that their life goal. I don't think that's what I intended with that email in particular, but we do sort of a similar thing in our Christian lives sometimes where (laughs) we're reading through scripture and we're like, wow, look at this amazing truth. And it is very, very often. It is an amazing truth about God or about Mm -hmm. humanity, But sometimes we take those things and we make them more than they are, less than they are, or altogether just different. We don't interpret them in a way that is true to what the original author was trying to say. How can we uh, work with some of those ideas or times when we are deeply inspired by a particular thought Mm -hmm. and while still needing to understand what was this author really trying to say? Yeah, to I
1: like to refer to this as bumper sticker Christianity. <laughs> so the, the verses that you could put on a bumper sticker or on the cover of a journal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, two verses immediately pop into mind here. And um, these these verses will help kind of, I think, describe what it is that we're mm-hmm. talking about. So Jeremiah 29, 11, really famous verse. I know the plans I have for you, declares mm-hmm. the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, Right. It's a great verse. It's a beautiful verse. And we love what it is saying to us. We love this idea that, look, God's got a future for me. You know, that's exciting. Put that on the cover of a journal. And then when I'm feeling down, that can encourage me, right? I have to remember there was an original audience. Mm -hmm. Who was that original audience? Who was Jeremiah writing to? Who are the people? When God says, I have a plan for you, Who's the you? Mm-hmm. Uh, the nation of Judah had just been taken into captivity by another country. Yeah. And, and a lot of these people were carried off from their homes and were taken to a foreign land, subjugated under another king. And they didn't know what to do. They were scared. They, they were really confused. And they thought, well, God is still God, so maybe this will be a really short time. <laughs> right? Maybe maybe we're just gonna be and jeremiah is saying guys listen this is gonna be a long time Mm -hmm. you're gonna need to like plant roots in babylon you're gonna need to to plant gardens and build houses and you're gonna have to marry off your kids like you're gonna be here for a while but as scary as that sounds as scary as that may be don't worry because god says i know the plans i have for you and they're good plans and so knowing the context of that that verse doesn't fully changed to me. It's not like all of a sudden now God doesn't have a good plan for you or anything <laughs> yeah. like that, but it, it enhances it so much more, yeah. right? And then this, the same thing with Philippians 4.13. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We, we love to use that verse to say, basically, you know, I can do anything mm-hmm. I want um, because God is, is my strength. Paul has just got done talking about how life has been really rough for him and he's learned how to live with nothing. Or with stuff. He's learned how to to live when he's hungry. And he's learned how to live when he's well fed. He's learned how to live when he has no supplies. And when he's fully supplied. And he says, I've learned this secret of being content in any and every situation. And I've, I've discovered how to do this because of Christ who strengthens me. I can
0: do this through Christ who mm-hmm. gives me that strength. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's really helpful. And I think an important way of looking at Scripture um, in, in as something not just for me, again, like we've mentioned, mm-hmm. but that is about God first and foremost, yeah. and that I glean things from that as I read through the story of God and His redemption of humanity. Um, I want to move, shift gears a little bit and go uh, kind of practical. Sure. Um What is it with Bible translations? It seems like there are a thousand of them out there. Uh How do I know what is the right one for me? What is the difference between them? And why are there so many of them? So in the end, it basically boils
1: down to two primary differences. A third approach is, is um, kind of coming on the scene mm-hmm. here. So just, let me just quickly highlight what the difference is between your different Bible translations. Okay. Some of them are going to take a more literal, literal approach. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to try and say, okay, what were the original Greek and Hebrew words? How do we translate that into English? Mm-hmm. Try and leave the sentence structure the same as close as we can and get it as close to the exact way that it was actually written down. Mm-hmm. This is your ESV,
0: your NASB your King James, those Bibles like that. Well, it it seems like if we're looking for a translation, that might be exactly what I want because I want the exact words of Scripture. Why would there be even another option? Sure, because sometimes uh, English is structured differently than Greek and Hebrew. Mm.
1: Um, So you could take an example from Spanish, for instance. You know, Casablanca Mm -hmm. uh, means White House, but if you put the words in, in... the order they show up in Spanish, it's house white, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the word order is a little different. Mm -hmm. So the ESV or the King James or the NSV can feel a little clunky. Um, Also, figures of speech or poetic language Mm. doesn't always translate
0: the best by using the literal words, right? So, So we're looking maybe for a more thought or idea in these other types of translations. Correct. So the other side of the translation spectrum is that phrase-by-phrase.
1: And this Mm -hmm. is the NIV, or the New Living Translation, Mm -hmm. will take a a passage of Scripture and say, okay, what was the author trying to communicate in the original language Mm -hmm. using the real words there, and how would a native English speaker say this today? Okay, right, And so that's going to do really well in the poetic sections and some things Mm -hmm. like that. The the drawback there is that there are going to be times where they'll then choose a different word, Mm. you know, because this Mm -hmm. is how a native English speaker would structure this sentence or say the same idea today. And then that word doesn't give you the
0: best sense of what the author was originally trying to say. So, and I think at the heart of this kind of translation question is just an understanding that every translation is a form of interpretation, right? So I'm relying on somebody else to help me understand what do these words mean for me as I take them today. Yeah.
1: And so then the the third way that's coming out recognizes the advantages and disadvantages of each and tries to harmonize them Mm -hmm. into this optimal setting Mm -hmm. where they say, okay, when the when we can, we'll stick with the literal word for word. Yeah. But when that feels clunky or when it's inadequate, then we'll switch over to the, yeah. okay, What was what's the thought yeah. trying to be communicated yeah. here? But in the end, what it, what it boils down to, both of those techniques, really all three of those techniques are appropriate mm-hmm. at times and are yeah. going to fall short at times. Yeah. And so in the end, it, it, I really just recommend the best translation that you can choose is one that you understand. Hmm. Because if you don't understand what you're reading, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it accurately got across yeah. the author's yeah. original intent. Yeah. If that's hard for you to read something like that, if it just doesn't make sense to you or flow for you, you're not going to get out of it what was intended for yeah. you yeah. to get.
0: Yeah. And could there be times where maybe one translation is the right translation for that season or that task that I'm doing, or that passage, and another translation is better for another one. Yeah, not just for different seasons, but also within the same season. Mm -hmm. If
1: you are having difficulty understanding a passage or something, read it in another translation first. That's probably Mm -hmm. the first tip I would give if you're struggling to understand, okay, what is this passage trying to say? Figure out how another team of translators dealt with the same yeah. text, mm-hmm. and that will help inform you. My grandpa, who, who would read through the Bible every year, um, after about 15, 16 years <laughs> of reading the same Bible through every year, decided he wanted to start to gain that different kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. So from then on, he would read a different translation mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. And it would just open his eyes to subtle little things, things that he thought he knew and understood really yeah. well, but then is worded differently in another translation. Yeah. Yeah. Opened his eyes to to the richness of
0: scripture. Yeah, very good. So I want to pick a translation that I can understand and read that I know is accurate. Um, The second question I would have is, what do I read? Where do I start? Sometimes I I might be like your grandpa, where I feel like I want to read through the whole thing, but there's other times where I just like, I I just need something. Where do Mm -hmm. I start in those moments?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to recommend that you start with a plan by creating a plan. But there are going to be a lot of different starting points for that. Um, you can read through the Bible, you know, from cover to cover, mm-hmm. so to speak. Keep in mind, it's going to jump around historically. Mm. Uh, the entire book of Esther occurs between Ezra's chapter six and seven. <laughs> okay, so you know you could read through the, the book of Ezra and and the whole story of Esther is happening right in the middle yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So you could pick a chronological uh, reading. You could read through cover to cover. You could grab, um, you know, a common thing is to take the book of John Mm -hmm. and start with the book of John. It does a really good way of introducing who Jesus is, Mm -hmm. right? A very high Christology and and, and theology of Christ. Um, So there are a bunch of different things that you can Mm do. So here's ultimately what I'm going to recommend. Pick a plan Mm -hmm. and just get started. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so start with something if you want to read it cover to cover because that's how you read other books just keep in mind it's not going to to read that way yeah. scripture was never intended to just be read like you would read any other book but that's as good a place mm. as any to start mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right um, whatever you choose though here's my advice don't don't get so married to your plan that you can't budge or deviate. Hmm. When you're, if you want to read through the Bible in, in a whole year, cover to cover in mm-hmm. one year, and you've got your plan, it's all printed out. Yeah. You know, or you got it from U version or whatever. Have to check right? the box. Uh huh. You got to read this chapter, this chapter. Uh, you know, from mm-hmm. Old Testament, New Testament, and a Psalm or something. There's going to come a time when you hit one of the Psalms and it just resonates with you, yeah. or something just sticks. You need to spend more time dwelling on that. Yeah. Man, be able to deviate mm-hmm. from your plan. When you feel like, I need to reread that, yeah. I need to stop and meditate on this verse or this passage or this chapter, or I need to read the book again, yeah. you know? Um, so have a plan, get started with a plan. Lots of different kinds of plans mm-hmm. out there. So pick one that kind of fits your interest, yeah. that, that makes you excited to go to Scripture. <laughs> But then have that flexibility mm-hmm. to say, I'm not just going to be so stuck on this
0: plan yeah. that I, I just have to move on because my plan says yeah, to move. Yeah. So if I pick a plan and maybe I'm starting in January on a chronological plan, inevitably I get to Leviticus yeah. or some of the genealogies and in, in numbers and I just struggle with uh-huh. it. Do I have to read the whole Bible? Or what do I do with those those times when I'm reading through Scripture and I just get stuck? Yeah. Something is hard to understand. It's too great a distance for me. What what do I do? Where do I go for that?
1: One of the reasons we get stuck is because we try and do things with the Bible that it wasn't intended to do, mm. right? So Leviticus is a perfect example here. <laughs> you go jump into the book of Leviticus and we want to in in the united states in 2020 right now what we want to do is say okay tell me how to live my life yeah what am i supposed to do oh this entire book is a bunch of rules and laws by god perfect this book is going to be full (laughs) of advice on how to live my life right and then we start reading and we can't boil a goat in its mother's milk and it's like okay well i would never do that anyway so check yeah (laughs) we're good um and you, you encounter bizarre loft or bizarre loft or bizarre law, and pretty quickly you're like, I don't think there's anything in here that's mm-hmm. for me, right? Keeping in mind that scripture is about God,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you back up for a second, if you read through the entire book of Leviticus in one sitting, mm-hmm. which I, I've done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I would recommend it sometime. (laughs) Just take the book of Leviticus and take an afternoon and just read the whole thing straight through. And don't get caught up on, am I doing this or am I not doing this or should I be doing this or whatever. Read through the whole book with the question again, what is this telling me about God? And the thing that's jumped out to me when Mm -hmm. I did that, I finished the book of Leviticus. I closed my Bible and I just sat back and said, wow, God is holy Mm -hmm. and I am not. Mm -hmm. That's the sense I got when I read Leviticus straight through, right? So I think that a lot of times when we get bogged down, part of that is because we're asking the Bible to do things it wasn't trying to do. Leviticus isn't trying to give you a rule book for how to live your life Mm -hmm. today, Um, you know, keeping in mind the context and all this kind of stuff. It was written to real people. So the the question that we should be asking is the same thing they should have been asking themselves, (laughs) right? Why is God giving these laws? What is it about these laws that differentiates God's people Mm -hmm. from those who aren't a part of God's family?
0: What is this telling me about who God is? Okay, so I want to find a translation that works for me, that I can understand. I want to get a plan that I can stick with, but not be too married to that Mm -hmm. plan. And I want to understand what the Bible is actually trying to do how if I have a genuine question about what the Bible is trying to do? Yeah. How do I figure out the answers to that?
1: Yeah. First thing I would recommend is praying about it. Mm. Um, the the Bible is a holy book. The Holy Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we believe He illuminates us today. You'll never understand it if the Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah. isn't isn't working with you. So before you read any passage, just ask. Invite the Holy Spirit. Illuminate this. Mm-hmm. Show me what it is that you are trying to. To tell, to, to tell me today. Uh, the next thing I would recommend is getting a good study Bible. Yeah. So if you, if you buy, and we'll have a, a separate resource on this that'll walk you through how to use a study Bible, but if you get a good study Bible and a translation that you understand, the footnotes and the notes and the helps and the charts and all of that mm-hmm. stuff are going to cover a lot of these basic things yeah. that you know some scholar knows because they they actually looked at the archaeological <laughs> records right but that aren't obvious to mm-hmm. you and then the last thing is ask ask somebody ask a seasoned mm-hmm. christian in your life ask your pastor ask your spouse or your parent or whoever right and and have that conversation with yeah. them and say i'm struggling a little bit to understand uh, what this is trying to tell me. Can you mm-hmm. help?
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. Well, that's very helpful information, and I think uh, some important steps that we can think through as we go through uh, our Bible reading so that we don't get stuck and just give up, but instead that we have the tools, the resources, the right translations, the right plans so that we can go forward and find what God is trying to say to us through his Holy Scripture. Understanding, first and foremost, it's not about me, but it is primarily about God and his plan for redemption for his people. Well, thank you for uh, walking us through how we can use Bible reading to help us form those important beliefs of who we are as the people of God. So thank you for joining us today. We will see you guys next time.